I'm here with Jacob Dahl, Chief Nutritionist at Vila Foss. Hello, Jacob. Hello. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. Good. So recently in the EU, uh, they passed a ban on using zinc oxide in pig diets, correct? Correct, yes. So tell us a little bit about how that came about and, and how it will affect farmers. Yeah, when we're talking about the ban of, of zinc oxide, of course, it has to be understood in, as a pharmacological mean. Uh, and it's been used uh, effectively for decades uh, to minimize the need for use of antibiotics uh, just after weaning in piglets. And uh, the different member states had different approaches where Denmark has maybe been one of the countries where it was most widely used, but probably also the country with the lowest or one of the lowest consumptions of antibiotics. So, but now through authorization and then withdrawal of this authorization, uh, the use of uh, zinc oxide for this purpose is, co- is coming to an end. Okay. And what's the deadline for that? Well, the deadline would be in 2022 or at the latest, as it's mentioned. Uh, actually, the individual member states has the option of, of, of effectuating it earlier if they feel that it's possible. I see. And have the allowable levels been, are they reduced up to that point gradually, or is it all wide open right now and then it just stops in 2022? Well, it's been by prescription only. You can exceed the normal, what we call the nutritional levels, um, to a maximum of, of 2,500 ppm of zinc. Uh, it's been recommended to try to reduce, but but uh, there's no uh, sort of plan to slowly phase out uh, the levels. Yeah, and you touched on something important there. Of course, zinc is a uh, it's a nutrient, and so of course you have to provide that mineral as part of the diet anyway. So what we're really talking about here is the pharmaceutical use of zinc. Exactly. Yes. And why is it an issue? Uh, why is it needed for for weaning? Well, zinc has been sh- used uh, and, and shown several times to have a uh, diarrhea-reducing effect and also somehow uh, bacteria-modulating effect, uh, thereby reducing uh, the post-weaning diarrhea impact. Okay. And why is post-weaning diarrhea such a issue for, for pigs? Because it's, it's, well, first of all, it has a tremendous impact on the pig's uh, health and, and survivability. So, on, and also ability to convert uh, feed. So, it's an economic impact, but it's also a welfare impact. Yeah. I guess what I was trying to get at is, like, why, why are the pigs very vulnerable to getting diarrhea at the time that they're weaning? Well, at the time of weaning, uh, the pigs are not used to what we would call mainly vegetable uh, nutrient uh, feed. And uh, this means that they sort of have to convert in a very short time from mainly uh, getting their nutrients out of milk into mainly vegetable-based feeds. And um, this requires a tremendous change in the digestive system of the pigs, which uh, yeah challenges them and, and, and they need to uh, really adapt uh, which can be dif- very difficult. Yeah, and so it's a pretty critical time on the farm for uh, for those livestock and, and can really affect the profitability of the farm if they don't get Definitely. the pigs past that yep. critical stage. Okay, so why is, uh, why is zinc being regulated? What is the downside of it? 
Well, there's basically two uh, downsides. Um, there was an estimate calculated for, for, for Denmark alone, uh, where probably about 94% of the zinc added to pig feed in general is also excreted with the manure. And this is way more than is then afterwards removed uh, by the crops. So over time, there will be a buildup of uh, zinc in the soils. Yeah. And that's the one uh, part. And eventually, if that co- development continues, uh, we could potentially re- reach some levels that are sort of toxic in the, in the soil, uh, impacting the, the, the crop yields. Okay. Secondly, also, there's some evidence that uh, the use of high levels of zinc could actually also push the, the, the development into antibiotic resistance for, for some bacterial types. Ah, so I did not realize there was a connection between that. Do you know the mechanism for why that happens? Not in detail, but, but I think there some researchers has been, been connecting some genes uh, in some bacteria that is promoted by, by the use of zinc oxide and they are connected to, to antibiotic resistance. Okay. If you end up with too much zinc in the soil, um, at some point, I assume it it becomes like a, a contaminated field and mm-hmm. then you can't grow food on it. Would that be accurate? Uh, is there also a possibility that that zinc could leach into the groundwater? Um, I have not read anything in relation to that, so I, I wouldn't be able, I would, couldn't say that. Okay. But it's a serious problem for our children and grandchildren yes. if we're contaminating the... There was a report uh, concerning this in Denmark a couple of years ago, and they actually estimated that the most sensitive soils could be at a crit- critical level in only 50 years if we continued. Yeah, that's not really that long. Really not. <laughs> yeah. If zinc is being used in order to reduce the amount of antibiotics, and I know that antibiotics have been regulated very heavily in Europe, what's the solution? What are, are there other tools that can be used to get around this problem? I think most people uh, in the business agree that there's no quick fix. We probably will not find another single product that just putting on top will, will, will solve this problem. So the solution probably will be to, to utilize all the good knowledge we do have on nutrition and management and combine that into a concept uh, that could actually handle this challenge. Okay. So go into a little more detail, like wh- what do you think the combination of, of factors would be? Well, from the work we've been doing, uh, one of the key factors is uh, reduction of, of uh, protein levels, as protein is the main challenge from a nutritional point of view to, to the gut. And also uh, try to, to work with feed components that has the lowest impact uh, on the digestive system, uh, meaning we need high digestibilities. Uh, we need to uh, utilize the feed, the nutrients in the feed, uh, the best possible way, uh, if, if not for economical reasons. So then to, to minimize the level of nutrients reaching the hindgut, because then there will only be substrate for for bacteria and and if we cannot control those bacteria we can have a negative development okay so that would be the main part and then also we need to work with gut development because the pigs we wean today we wean them fairly early and uh, so they do have a quite immature gut so adding uh, specific fiber types helps us uh, not only to modify the microbiome, but also physically to stimulate the development of the gut wall. 
Okay. So you're talking about probably a pretty customized diet and maybe it shifts over time as, as the piglet um, grows. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the, the Danish Pig Academy that your company is involved in. Yeah, it's basically something that was uh, set up to have common training facilities uh, for foreign farm workers in Denmark, visitors, and uh, all the Danish uh, companies in, in agribusiness has joined forces to have a sort of a showroom uh, where you can have a concentrated introduction to, to the products and also a common place to, to do uh, training for yeah, on different levels. Okay. Do you see any other challenges uh, for pig producers in the EU coming down the pike? There's a lot of challenges. Uh, we have the constant general environmental uh, challenges, uh, but also welfare issues are increasingly uh, inter- or important, uh, and, and, and we need to address that uh, much more in the future. Okay. And what are some of the methods that, that farmers are taking or that the Danish Pig Academy is proposing to? Well, from a welfare point of view, it's widely accepted that more space for the pigs. Uh, yeah, well, they also discuss later weaning. That's a challenge for financial reasons for the producers. And also um, lowering stress in general uh, is important. And then... Um, yeah, of course, we have to also handle uh, castration and tail dockings. Uh, that is, are the two most concrete examples uh, that is uh, in the public opinion currently. Okay. What challenges are you seeing related to uh, climate change and greenhouse gas regulations? Well, from a carbon footprint uh, point of view uh, the pigs cannot compete uh, with poultry or maybe fish uh, but luckily they are somewhat more efficient than than, than the ruminants uh, but we need to continuously improve and especially the feed conversion the feed utilization is of importance here and of course in generally efficiency in, in the pig productions uh, will lower the carbon footprint per produced kilo of meat Okay. What are the methods that you think we should be exploring to try to get that feed efficiency higher? Well, a, a healthy gut that is able to utilize the feed at its best is, is, is important. So anything to, to support health, uh, the health of, of the piglets, uh, also in general to, to limit health issues because yeah, immune responses take up uh, energy, take up nutrients that otherwise could be used for, for growth. Uh, so, so in generally, health is very important. And then, yeah, we need to continuously uh, improve both the efficiency on the south side because that's where part of the, the carbon footprint comes from. So more piglets per sow reduces the, the, the imprint uh, per pig. Sure. I'm sure we're learning more and more all the time about how complex and how important the microbiome is. Uh, what are the best ways to ensure that you have a healthy microbiome? Yeah, it's 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 a very difficult topic. It's very complex. Uh, and I think we, there's still a lot to learn. Uh, so from my point of view, I'm trying just to look at the pig and, and, and see, okay, does the feces look all right? Do we have diarrhea or not? Um, but also trying to work with some of the mechanisms that we know influences the, the microbiome in a positive way using 
the fibers or the prebiotics and, and some of the organic acids that uh, we can add, but it's actually also uh, some of the metabolites coming out of, of, of some of the bacteria in, in the microbiome. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about your role at Vilofoss and what the company does and uh, how you help farmers? Yeah. Uh, Vilofoss is... Uh, Actually, you could say it's a multinational company uh, coming out of Denmark, but with activities in, in, in Germany, France, uh, Sweden, and, and sales in most countries in Europe. And we are active in, in, in Russia as well, and uh, do have some activities in China. Uh, and lately, we're also starting up uh, in, in, in Spain. Um, so we have a, an, a big organization that is consists of technical people in the local countries. And then we, based on these people, we have formed an R&D group where we uh, work together to develop our concepts and also from the na- national point of view, try to have a sort of a common practice, but also try to adapt to the local or national markets. And my role is uh, being responsible for Denmark on, on the pig side, both for R&D and technical support. Uh, and also as a part of, of, of the coordinators coordinating our international activities. Uh, I do support, technical support to our sales force, uh, mainly in Denmark, but also uh, China, Russia, and uh, technical uh, discussions uh, amongst the colleagues in, in Europe. All right. Thank you very much, Jacob. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Yeah, thank you.